We are back on the Happy Clients podcast for our episode two of the Agency Spotlight series. So when we started this series, we wanted to connect with other agency owners and pull back the curtain and learn what's going on inside of their agencies. And what we've actually learned is how different every single agency is out there. And we're so excited to be sharing with you another five agency owners who are doing amazing things in this space. So the first person I want to introduce you to is Frankie Finn. He has been in the agency world for a long time and he is an amazing person. I think you're gonna learn so much. But one of the things that he does is he actually helps mentor agencies just like you on how to sign up clients without sales calls. And I'm sure your ears have perked up, but I think it's really cool to learn how people are doing things across different agencies that is actually working. So let's get into it and I want to introduce you to Frankie. Why don't you start by introducing yourself and your businesses and all that good stuff. Well, I give you guys a short version. Hello, I'm uh, Frankie Finn, and uh, I run a agency for personal injury lawyers. We have two offers we're currently running in that that are both like largely based on Facebook and a whole bunch of retargeting as well. I also wrote a book called Beyond the Agency Box and help mentor other people to run agencies. And as we mentioned a little before the show started, I've been doing that since 07. And so I just help people to do to for two main things people come to me for one is to not do all the stupid shit I did over the years. And number two is uh, we've cracked the code on signing up clients without sales calls. Like we do it entirely through uh, little five minute loom videos that are like a mini video sales letter. And it's kind of a little bit of our secret sauce is when you onboard people in a way where they come towards you and they don't feel like they're sold, they feel like they came to you. It, it just makes the whole agency journey like a lot nicer in my experience. Ooh, I feel like all of our agency listeners are like, what? <laughs> no sales process? That's cool. So how did you get here, Frankie? Like, What led you to agency life? You know, it's funny because maybe now like it's been glamorized, but in 07, like the, there wasn't even a word for it. Like some of the things I did back in the day, like I white labeled a lot. There was no word called white labeling. Like in this space, like I'm an old gray geezer, maybe not in, in life, but you know, I never woke up and thought I want to run a digital marketing agency and work from my laptop. It was just 2007 in my hometown of Windsor, Ontario, Canada, which is like close enough to Detroit, you know, it was 07 and the whole city's like based on car companies and they were just laying off and laying off. And I was still like playing with the idea that I would get a job in my agency and like my business, my online business would be a fallback. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I had a friend who called me one day and said, Hey, I wrote a real estate course and we're going to sell it on the internet. And that led to me about six months of self-teaching myself SEO in order to get a whole bunch of traffic to this website. I got really good at that and, and we eventually sold it. And somebody else said like, hey, can you do that for me? And I said, sure. And then it just kept coming for a while after that. And before I knew it, I had an SEO agency, which I ran. I was very good at like building backlinks and ranking. But as far as the business of it, I had no clue what I was doing. And it was in way over my head. I was just a guy who knew how to rank websites, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people go into agency life because they're super good at something or very passionate about marketing or branding or SEO or whatever. And then you get into growing an agency and you're like, oh my God, like there's so many things, HR, accounting, finance, sales, marketing, like every aspect of business is like a boot camp with running yeah. an agency. Yeah, definitely. I'd say the first four years were the worst of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what does your team look like now, Frankie? Like, are you still growing the team on the agency side or are you focusing on the training side? A little bit of both because they, they really overlap. It's not actually really a whole bunch of extra work. Everything I do in my agency, I mentor people on this is how we're doing it and help with systems and processes. I actually run a really, really lean ship. This is my third iteration of running an agency and it's probably the slowest I've ever grown it, but that's entirely by design because I have two little baby girls and we also have created with investments and stuff like passive income. So it isn't the same level of urgency that I probably had in 07. You know, we got a nice little waterfront place here in Mexico. So things move a little slower, but I just have a me and a team of virtual assistants and different than years ago, but I have like a really, really tight systems and processes, a really, really narrow niche, a really, really solid communication framework. So for that reason, I compare it to like the easiest way to tell is if you have 50 clients, are you delivering 50 things? Are you delivering one thing 50 times? 
I'm the guy who's now doing the deliver one thing 50 times. So it's a very, very low maintenance agency. I actually still have a little bit of what I call inbox PTSD. Like I still check my email. Is somebody mad at me or some fire to be put out or does somebody need me? But for the most part, like my inbox is pretty empty. There's no fires to be put out. So it's a very simple and streamlined kind of lifestyle agency. We probably spend most of the time at the beach. I bring a notepad, figure out some cool ideas, and then have my team go execute it when I come home kind of thing. Isn't that the life? <laughs> yes. But having said that, I just want to caution people like, it took a decade to get to that point. It was definitely right. not like an overnight success kind of thing. Nope. And it, it, it is worth it. And you can get to that point. But I, there was no like button I pushed where I was just like magically on the beach with Lambos and bikini babes or whatever the dream is for. So funny. So with this agency, that's basically not running itself, but like running super strong without you, what systems do you have in place? What tools are you using? This is one of the things that I'm actually really, really passionate about because for me, I've probably learned 10 to 30 new pieces of software a year since 07 when I started. <laughs> so I have a major psychotic hatred of software. I try and run my agency as low software and low tech as possible. So I would say our systems and processes are just two things right now is we have a whole lot of Loom videos, like a library of Loom videos that explain our tech. And I run most of it on Asana. I know there's probably better oh, uh, software, Asana. but yeah. Asana is my tiny brains. It's like an online to-do list. I like Asana, but that's how we kind of have all our systems and processes organized is like that. But we actually specifically try and run, like I look at, as I'm doing the software is like, is there software I can eliminate? So I'm not looking to add more tools. I'm, I'm the kind of person who's like, can I take more away and have it be more about like the people and the systems and those yeah. kind of things? No, I'm all about that. Like same with us. We use basically just Asana and Slack and yeah. that's it. Like what else do you really need? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing. So what is next for your agency? What are you working on? Obviously you've really gotten into this amazing point where it's running really well without a huge team, but where are you taking it next? I'll keep growing it because I do love doing it. Honestly, this is probably the first time I've grown it without a, a like a, a long-term goal. I know that sounds crazy, but for me, I focus like in my first few years of running an agency, I remember my first milestone was like, if I could just get to $5,000 a month, that would, I would never need a job again. Everything would be amazing. And then I got there. And what ended up happening for me is I spent like 99% of the journey miserable. But when I got to 5,000, I was like, woo, and I was really happy for like all of five minutes. And the funny thing is, immediately I set the goal for like 10,000 and spent again, another 99% being miserable, got to the goal. And the numbers just kept getting bigger over time. For me now, there's actually a much more focus on just enjoying the process day to day. And I know that's probably not really a, a goal that most people would shoot for, but that's just the place we're at. I love helping people to be able to run an agency that's actually fun. And then mm -hmm. also, like I said, adding that passive income element to it, it just creates less urgency and you're less able to be pushed around by any clients. So for me, I'm a client's a hell yes. And they show up through my systems and my processes. We take them on board, but otherwise, like I'm not really in any urgency to go anywhere. And it's an interesting place to be. But other than that, I'm just having fun with it. That's, that's probably not a real goal, but it's the truth. I love that energy. And I think... Mm -hmm. Most of us are just in hustle mode, like 99% of the time. And it just feels like it's never going to end. Like you hit this huge milestone. Okay. What's next. Right. And why can't we just move to Mexico and enjoy the journey like you? And I think that's just so inspiring. Yeah. Now, obviously this, there's a foundation for it. Like one of the things that I really liked about when I checked out your show is that obviously you're really big on onboarding people and keeping them. And I would say the biggest problem most agencies have is they don't keep clients. Like, yeah, like most of these people are keeping their clients like three to four months. And you actually wrote something that I really, really, really agreed with, which is uh, a lot of times we think if we just get people results, they'll automatically stay and everything will be awesome. But the truth is I've seen so many times where that's not true. I would like to give you an example. I was consulting with a really, really big law firm in Florida. They flew me out there and all that. And they wanted me to do some SEO analysis, which I don't do SEO anymore because I hate it, but I know how to do it. And so I gave them like a lowdown. And the, the conclusion was you should have fired your SEO agency like five years ago, at least. And I asked them, like, why did you keep these people? Like, they don't seem to be doing very much. And he said, well, we go golfing every Friday. And so they were like golfing buddies. And, and for 10 years, I charged $10,000 a month because I can do math. 
That's $1.2 million for a single SEO contract. And the reason they didn't cancel them was because they go golfing together. And so it's way, way more about client relationships. I mean, you do have to get people results, but incremental improvements of results will not keep clients as much as incremental improvements in the relationship and in your communication structure. And one of the cool things about getting your business streamlined is that you actually have more time to focus on the actual people as clients. Like a couple of books I read, Never Lose a Customer Again by Joey Coleman and Giftology by John Rulin, which I'd recommend both of them. Like you can buy your clients little cool gifts and extras, you know, just give you two quick examples. One of my lawyers told me he misses his son because he's been busy working so much. So I sent him a picture of them framed together to put on his wall just as like a reminder. So he was never that far. Another client said, haven't seen my four dogs, which is common in the legal space because they all work like 60, 80 hour weeks. And so my poor dogs, I haven't had any time with them. So I sent her like an Amazon, here's $12 worth of doggy treats just to let them know that you still love them. And like little things like that. I'll tell you, I keep clients far longer on the back of doggy treats than I do on the, <laughs> the back of great Facebook ads, even though I think our ads are good enough. Like I think they pay for themselves, but too many people were like return on ad spend and ROI and I'm going to get you number one. And, and those things, I'm not saying they don't matter at all, but they matter less than most agencies think they do. And so a big part of it for me is like, if you enhance those client relationships, where it benefits you most is twofold. One is your clients will be way less of a pain in the ass. You'll enjoy it. Like when you send somebody a picture of their kids, they mm. don't like suddenly go, why am I not number one in the Google, right? Like those things don't happen. And then number two is they'll pay you for far, far longer. And then your churn rate, when that goes down, your agency starts to build momentum because, you know, instead of like get three clients, lose two clients, get four clients, lose three. Like instead of feeling like you're constantly going back and forth, like I would say on average, if you're not keeping your clients at least two years, more than likely the problems actually your relationship building and your communication. That was a good passionate rant. No, it's so true. Client retention is just the most important thing. And it's so what we all learn, right? It's cheaper to keep a client than to get a new one. So there's so many little things that you can do to just wow clients and clients are going to leave too. Like we understand that, but if you can just do the best job you possibly can to keep them happy, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And you can keep them 10 years just being golfing buddies. So that's right. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, Frankie, thank you so, so much for coming on the Agency Spotlight series. It was so cool to learn about your agency and how you've really created such a cool lifestyle for yourself. Thanks for having me, Taylor. It's always cool to share with cool people. Love it. Thank you. Next up on the Agency Spotlight series, we have Mike Tanner. And this is a special one because Mike is from our hometown in Halifax, Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. And so we connected via email when we put out a email about coming on this podcast. And funny enough, that is what Mike and his team do at Unread Mail. So they actually exclusively work on email marketing. And so I know a lot of you agency owners out there are working with clients and trying to encourage them to stick out with email. And so I really want you to hear Mike's story of how he got here and why email is not dead. So let's get into it with Mike Tanner. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, Mike, and how you got here building your own agency and what you guys focus on? Sure. So my name is Mike Tanner and I run an agency called Unread Mail. And it's interesting how we got here. This is not the first stab for me at at agency life. I had been home as a stay-at-home dad with my son and was like, as tired as I am, it would be great to do something a little different than changing diapers and washing clothes and (laughs) and feeding. And so uh, at that point, I'd had a couple people who I'd done work with before as an accounts manager in tech consulting a little bit who said, hey, could you come in and deliver a talk on, at the time it was like, how to use iPads for business when iPads were starting. Incredibly old. (laughs) I went in and did that and then started really just saying yes to a whole bunch of things. Like, can you do this? Yeah, I could do that. I've done it before. I'll go ahead and do that. And became a bit of the, the yes agency and did that for seven years. And then when both my kids were in school, I decided, okay, I should probably go get a real job, at least for a little bit. 
And so went uh, and did that as doing communications for a nonprofit for two years. And then in May of this year, decided, okay, we've a lot of things going on with having kids. I've got to be home to help with online school and I've got to be doing this. And interestingly, a week after I had left and this person had no idea that I'd left my job, I had a contact from someone that I'd previously done a little bit of work with who was like, do you want to do something together? Because I feel like I, I, I miss doing stuff with you, which was kind of like, Wow. All right, let's chat. And so we started talking about what we wanted to do and we knew we wanted to do an agency. The original idea was actually podcast consulting. I've done some of that in my past. I've had a few podcasts myself and I've done some coaching with people who've done it. He's actually helped produce a pretty successful podcast. When we looked around, we thought, you know what? There's actually some people doing a really great job of this locally even. We decided that wasn't really it. I was talking to him on the phone and going through emails that I had just gotten and was like, I hate all of these emails, like I literally hate almost every email that's in my inbox. And I also signed up for all of them. Like how did I, did I this sign to myself. up? <laughs> right. I've done this to myself. Yeah. So we started to talk through, both of us have a, a lot of experience in copywriting in particular. And we started thinking through what's wrong with email marketing. And I know that seems a grandiose question to ask, but we thought, okay, where could we, you know, fit it into this niche? into this area and started talking about things. And we came up with Unread Mail at that point and then have been uh, working with clients on it ever since. I love it. That's so cool. And, you know, it's funny because the thing with email marketing is that we all think it's dead, of course, but then when you send a really good email and you get such a response, it's like, okay, there's something here. Well, I got one from this company called Dot & Co asking <laughs> if people wanted to be on a podcast. And it, it's interesting. We, we all think email marketing is dead. And then you look at the metrics around it and you go, oh, it's like a 40x return on investment in terms of cost. It's also, you know, not that I want to be that guy who, who keeps saying this, like there was this online thing of like, now that Facebook and Instagram are down, what are you going to do? Yeah. But there is a point where you're like, when those things go down, owning your customers, not owning, but, you know, owning their contacts can be really helpful. So navigating all those different Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all that sort of stuff, but having the ability to reach out and, and get in touch with people on your time and also on their time, like social media is so busy and so fast that for us being able to get in front of someone and get eyes on something that they'll take the time to read is, is hugely important. Mm-hmm. So your agency obviously is very unique. Tell us a little bit about the services that you're providing. Is it email copywriting? Is it the whole thing? So when we first started talking about it, my partner and I, Matthew, one of the things we were like, okay, well, we're getting this content that's written really poorly. Like we're getting copywriting that we're looking at, we're opening the email and we're like, I, I don't like that email. Like it's not even that it's bad writing. It's like, eh, it's either hokey or they're trying for a sale where there, there isn't one or they've tricked me into something. We actually decided to do was take a couple steps back and start from the call to action. Uh, so really focus on who do you want to sign up for your email and what are you telling them to get them to sign up? I've signed up for a million lists because they had a great lead magnet and they promised that they were going to give me incredible, great insights every single week. And then I got their email and it was like, if you give us thousands of dollars, we will help you in some way. There was a sort of disconnect between how we roped people into getting on our email list and then what we actually gave them on the other end. So with the clients we've worked with so far, we've backed everything back up and started from a, a high level strategy of, okay, let's talk about what you want people to do in the end, but let's not race there. We've helped people recraft their call to action and, and how it appears on their website is, is, has been the biggest thing that we've started doing with people. There's the common thing is sign up for our newsletter for offers, events, new blog articles, coupons, product releases. And you're like, I'm just signing up for just everything you'd ever want to tell me. That's not something I'm probably interested in signing up for. So we've helped people clarify that part. And then from that, that's actually, we then helped structure. We do some of the copywriting when needed, but we, we like to actually let companies lean on their own teams for a lot of that stuff. But to really say, okay, you've told people what you're going to deliver to them. Now let's talk about delivering it and actually delivering it in the way that you've promised. And so working through, if you're a, a thought leader, be a leader in thoughts and have every week be something really powerful or every month or every day or whatever you want to do. 
so we've worked with people on that end of things. And then right now it's super interesting to look at the reporting side of things and try and figure out what's working. Obviously one of the big news being Apple's, the way that Apple handles their email, where all of a sudden you're like, our open rates are amazing. And you're like, yeah, because Apple opens all of them automatically. So you're good. Understanding a different way of looking at metrics, really looking at, okay, well, let's stop tying it with just an open and a click rate. If that open and click wasn't doing anything is moving people along in the user journey to where they need to be, let's help people understand that. Because one of the biggest things we found with people was they set up their MailChimp account, they started their list, and then they just sort of randomly threw stuff out. And there wasn't a lot of like, is this working? Like, does this actually work well? Or how are people reacting to it? And so that's where we've done things. So we do the hands-on work, you know, as required. Matthew is an amazingly talented writer. Everything he sends me, I'm always like, I'm just going to take what I was writing and just put it to the side and we'll put your stuff out. But he's an incredible writer. So we've used him some for that. But most of the focus we've been working on is really on strategy development around email marketing, because uh, that's where we've seen people are missing the most of the point. So. Wow. That's awesome. And I think in our world of online marketing, there's not a whole lot of strategy uh, that people are almost presenting first. They're kind of like, I know I need a list. I know I need to email my list. I know I need to write really good copy, but it's not in this really strategic way. And I think that email marketing is becoming more and more top of the pile. And I think that what you guys are doing is just fantastic. And that's super, really cool. It's been fun um, so far. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's next for Unread Mail? I mean, tell us about your team. What's the secret sauce to success? Yeah. So what we've really focused on the first little while is actually delivering really high quality results to a very small clientele. We've got a few clients that we're working with. We are a small team. So right now it's myself and, and Matthew. We have a few people that we contract out when we need a, a couple of other things done. But really it's, it's more on the consulting and strategy side. It, it frees us up to be able to do that a, a little easier rather than getting in the nitty gritty. Previously with my old agency, it was like, okay, well, I'm managing a social media account for this person. So that means I'm creating all the content. I'm getting all the assets. I'm doing all that sort of stuff, which was a lot of work. And now it's still a lot of work, but it's a lot more thinking, which can be a little more exhausting in some ways. But what we're really focusing on right now is actually, we started our own newsletter where the concept was, we're never going to sell anyone anything on this newsletter. Because we wanted that to be something that people saw as an option for growth and connections. And our biggest pain point that we as customers often have is, I signed up for an email and you immediately started trying to sell me stuff. Like the second piece of it was just immediate. So what we really are focusing on is putting out really high level content. We've got an email that comes out every Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. where we just say, here's what we think about email marketing and, and here's what it is. And so that consistency is, is key for us. We created a, a pretty large guide for people to get started and um, that comes out when you sign up. We buried the lead, if you will. You know, lead magnets are often like, hey, we want you to sign up for this thing. So here's something we'll give you for free if you give us our email so that we can try and sell you something in 15 seconds from now. We did things sort of the opposite. You do get something when you sign up for us, but that's not why you signed up. We really wanted people to sign up for the right reasons. We wanted to practice what we preached in a pretty significant way. Right now, it's a lot of looking at what we're seeing our clients get and also learning a lot for us is this has been a really interesting time for everyone because people have signed up for a million more things in the last little while because you're on home, you're online shopping or you're on some platform and you see something and you sign up for it. So we're actually seeing people in their email even more than they sometimes were before. Because before you were like, well, I'm busy. I'm at the water cooler. I'm here. I'm doing this. And now all of a sudden it's like, here I am on my computer. So actually seeing how some of those things are working and what trends are changing. Working with some people on video as a big part of their email strategy. Working with somebody now on audio. And a couple of other playful projects that we're working on with people. It's creatively fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Matt and I years ago actually started a business newsletter that was all done in comic strips. Every week was just these two characters chatting about marketing and, and pushing it out that way and rethinking like it doesn't necessarily have to be the same way all the time. One of the things that I love of, of your guys' podcast that you guys are awesome at doing 
is, and trust me, I've, I've learned a lot from it, is <laughs> using systems and tools that are readily available for people to get way more organized. So that kind of stuff has been super helpful using a lot of the free tools out there, like Calendly. Uh, we use Airtable a lot, Slack, obviously, and getting super organized and organizing the way that we work. And for Matthew and I, it's a lot about time management. I'm looking at the clock and three hours from now, two kids are going to come flying into the house and look for their new bunny and yell and want snacks and throw things on the floor. And I've got to be really great at managing those things. And so that's been the, the biggest thing we've been working on the last little while is delivering while still trying to balance those other things. So yeah. <laughs> isn't that the magic sauce? Hey, like just time <laughs> management. But when you're a creative person, like you and I, you want to just be spontaneous. You want to just pick something up and be able to get creative, but in our world, it's just not always possible. You have yeah. to be pretty straightforward with your time and using tools to make it better and more efficient. And I'm so happy that you're yeah. working towards that. That's yeah. awesome. So your team right now is you and your business partner. Do you have any mm -hmm. goals of growing a team, making this big, or where are you going in the future? Yeah, I was thinking about this morning. I was biking this morning while listening to your podcast. Yeah, I was actually enjoying <laughs> it. So I was biking through downtown Halifax and I saw these buildings and this really nice building. And I was like, oh man, if you had an office there, like we and you know, and then I immediately was like, yeah, I actually think I want to stay relatively small and niche. There are a couple of positions that we're looking at moving into in the next little while. Someone who's focused more on the administrative side of things. Matthew and I are pretty good at it, but it would be great to move some of that stuff off, off of our plate so that we can get into more of the creative and the strategy side of things. We'd love to bring on someone that's a little more visually talented than us. Matthew and I are both good at seeing things. And then when I draw it, you're like, that's not, you don't want that. Uh, so bringing on a, a bit of a small creative team to work through that. But the great thing I love about agency life is that if you can do it well, if you can really think through exactly what you're trying to do, it's possible to replicate and scale that in really incredible ways. I've got friends who work in more hands-on industries, great friend who's a massage therapist. And she's like, I just have to massage people. And there's other things I can do, but like at the end of the day, I just need more people that I can do this with. And that's sort of it. And the one thing I like about agencies is that if you can do it really well, we're learning something every single time that we're able to deliver to the next client even better and working on scaling that. But long-term, I'd, I'd love to see us in it probably just under 10, probably in the six to eight person is where I think I'd be happiest. And uh, yeah. I love it. Well, I know you'll get there. You're already on your way and we can't wait to watch your journey. So Mike, where can people find more about you, learn more about Unread Mail and all of the things? Yeah. So all of the things can mostly be found at unreadmail.co. You can link out to our various uh, social media platforms from there, but we're basically Unread Mail Co. pretty much everywhere. The best way for people to connect to us is head to the website, sign up for the newsletter, and then every Tuesday morning at eight o'clock in the morning, uh, you're going to get something that we hope is really helpful. And the feedback we've gotten on that stuff really so far has been great. We really just want part of this, and this is what I love about what I'm doing right now. I've sold weird things before as a marketer. Like I've been like, here's stuff about tires and here's a swimming pool and stuff that wasn't really near and dear to me. But the, the neat thing that's been fun about this is I want my inbox to not suck and I want everybody's inbox to not suck. And so getting to work with clients who are making it so that inboxes don't suck has been super fun. And so that's what we're trying to help people do. I love it. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Taylor. Next up, we have Sarah Jane Picton King from King Pixel Digital Marketing. So Sarah founded this agency. She was an award-winning marketer in the retail sector. And so since 2017, King Pixel has helped fashion, retail, clinic, hospitality, winery, B2B businesses, you name it, grow with digital marketing. And so with a decade of experience with retail and shopping centers, huge brands, she is absolutely a gun when it comes to marketing. So I'm excited for you to learn about Sarah Jane's story and really get a sense of how she got here as an award-winning marketer. So SJ, I want to hear the whole story. So how did you get into marketing, get into owning your own agency, kind of paint the picture of how you got here? Yeah, sure. So I had been in marketing leadership roles for probably about 15 years. And this is going back 
um, five or six years ago now. Uh, so I've always been in marketing my whole career and I had quite an extensive career in retail, shopping centre marketing, the physical side of retail. And winding back five, six years ago, I was actually working for an international organisation heading up the marketing division for Australia, the retail marketing division. I was working with the marketing team and I had digital marketers in my team. And at that stage, we're running an e-commerce website all over Google, all over SEO, but hadn't introduced social media paid advertising into the, the marketing strategy. And I kept on seeing all over the internet, the amazing ROI and incredible ROAS. And <laughs> I was just like, how are they doing this? Like, what is all this about? And I just took it on myself to really learn what Facebook ads were about. And this was early 2017, prior to the Cambridge Analytica yeah, challenges that happened to Facebook. And I was just like blown away by the power of the data in Facebook Business Manager and the back end and the targeting capabilities and the laser focus tracking. I, I was just blown away and I just knew that this was the future and I had to become an expert in this space and it just really excited me. I stayed up night after night after my busy corporate job, stressful corporate job and taught myself. I discovered the FATC uh, community <laughs> back then and learned and devoured every course I could and started playing around with Facebook ads myself. Yeah, even though I had staff in my team that, that were looking after digital, I was just really interested to learn. Yeah, fell in love with it, I guess you could say. Yeah, so then I just knew I had to become an expert and that's when King Pixel was born. So I put the early structure in place to create my own agency or brand identity, I should say. And life took me in a different direction for a couple of years. Like I had some time off, got married, went traveling and ended up back in a, another corporate job and actually got headhunted for some senior roles and then was made redundant when the digital marketing transformation projects were cancelled by the board and I was like okay I guess the universe is telling me I'm 100% <laughs> committed to kick pixel now and then yeah that's when I just shifted my focus to 100% on getting kicked off the ground I had a really great first six months so this is sort of 2019 now we're talking about I had a really great first six months and then COVID hit and I lost 80% of my clients within a space of three days <laughs> wow so scary um, yeah, but in hindsight, it was actually a blessing in disguise because it actually gave me the, the space to really think about who I wanted to serve and where I wanted to take King Pixel and what was my business model and, yeah, what was the future. And, and without that time to pause, I just would have kept on running on autopilot and accepting any client that came along and helping everyone. Like, as you do when you first start out, you just say yes to everything <laughs> and you're not down. And, yeah, the COVID situation uh, enabled me to pause and really have a think about like who I want to serve now. And, and I've built my agency structure around that with that clarity. That's amazing. I love that. And so when you're working with clients now, who's your ideal client and what kind of services are you providing? Yeah, no worries. So we work with female business owners that are predominantly in the early phase of their e-commerce journey they do have a product to market fit they've probably built their own website before and are just having a really hard time figuring out um, okay how do you really scale with e-commerce so we prefer to work with female business owners that run a Shopify website as their tech platform and uh, they do have a product to market fit but they're probably in that early phase where they don't quite have um, a built out extensive marketing team yet and so we've found this really, really sweet spot where we help people turn over from virtually nothing or $10,000, $20,000 per month revenue. And we scale them up to 100K, 200K per month with what we call the e-commerce starter system. Wow. Um, yeah. So I've really found that's our little niche. And we do offer advertising services. So we create funnels on paid social media channels, Facebook and Instagram, which is my first love, but then also take that to TikTok, Pinterest, any other channel that's appropriate for the brand's strategy, add in Google shopping ads to that mix, add in Clavio email marketing. So we absolutely love creating Clavio email automation strategies, love the strategy side of it, mm -hmm. um, setting all that up. 
And we also offer weekly or regular broadcast email services as well for our clients. We help with conversion rate optimization and just general strategy. So really partnering with our clients to help them across several channels and strategy like holistically or together and putting all those things together typically enables them to scale with an effective product to market fit and effective uh, margins in their product lines um, to keep scaling and growing. And yeah, that's what we really enjoy and get a kick out of. And that's what we call our e-commerce starter system. That's one main side to our business. And we also do a little bit in lead generation, again, for women business owners, but a little bit in lead generation, building online funnels, depending on their tech stack, landing pages, email nurturing, like end-to-end lead generation marketing strategy for female business owners. So that's who we serve now. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. And so have you structured your team to date? I know things are always changing in agency world, but what's your team looking like now and where do you see it going in terms of like an agency structure? Yeah, no worries. So I have dedicated Facebook uh, ad strategists, so paid ad strategists, obviously. That's sort of where my passion has come from and then it's branched out from there so yeah we work with specialists in that space we work with a copywriter a specialist for the email marketing side of the agency work with like a VA resource that does a lot of the background research copywriting research the problem solution product to market fit research CRO research that sort of thing in the background and then yeah we have some Google specialists as well that know the Google side of the fence inside and out we also work with website developers that can zoop up the speed and the experience of websites which is incredibly important for the algorithms moving forward and for the customer experience to give the utmost best customer experience. So that's our agency structure at the moment. So next in line would be a dedicated account management. Because right now I'm I'm the main conduit to our client base. So, so the next hire would be a dedicated agency um, account management resource and then more specialists as needs as per the client needs, whether that's additional media buyers or additional copywriter, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually the next step after that would would be to hire an operations manager that can effectively run the day-to-day workflow through the team that would free me up to focus more on business development and leads and new client um, relationships. So that's sort of where I see myself going. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you're on track to seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I know when we all get into the agency world, it's okay. All you have to do is grow your client base until you can hire all the roles and replace yourself. And when you're in it, right, it feels like it's just taking so long and so long. And then by the time you make a few hires, it's like, wow, we're actually getting there. We're actually making progress and growing a team. And what a wonderful experience to go through. And it sounds like you're enjoying it and that you're on track. Definitely hasn't been easy. No, <laughs> that's no. just sure. There's been a lot of ups and downs, and a lot of learnings, and a lot of market conditions that are out of your control. And I think being able to flex up and flex down is kind of equally important. And where I'm struggling to wrap my head around is like, when do I let go of effective control and like effective relationships with the clients? Because right now, like I've brought them into the agency, like I've, I've been involved in the sales process and the relationship is with me. And like, when is the right time to hand the baton over to a dedicated account manager to free me up? Um, so that's sort of where I'm at, trying to get my head around, as well as keeping building out that production team and keeping the quality uh, systematic and the uh, delivery systematic. So there's a lot to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of systems, what do you use inside of your agency for systems and processes? Yeah. So keep it pretty simple for now. We use Trello as our main project management tool and we use Slack to communicate internally with team members and we use Google Drive and having dedicated client folders and dedicated client briefing sheets within Google Drive. They're kind of our main tools, but I can see as we grow, we may need additional sophistication in the project management tools, upgrading to Asana or the like. Um, But at the moment, keeping it pretty simple with Trello board is working pretty well. Nice. Yeah. Keep it simple. It's always my (laughs) mission and use whatever you're actually going to use, right? So you could get all complicated, but if you're not going to use it, then why bother? (laughs) 
Yeah, so, and da yeah. daily stand-ups is really important. So having a quick video virtual meeting with the team to cover off on what's the focus of the day, any roadblocks from recent work and what did you complete yesterday? And then what's the focus for today, like moving forward and having that quick touch base every single day and regular time slot to get together is really important as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So what's next for you? What's next for your agency moving into 2022? What are some things that are on the horizon? Yeah, sure. So I'm definitely looking to recruit another media buyer as an immediate for our agency and then looking into a dedicated account management resource after that. And then getting back out there and going into acquisition mode again once I've got that production capability built out. Um, yeah, on the hunt for new clients to welcome into our world once the uh, production capability is increased. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, <laughs> where can people learn more about you and your agency and connect with you further? Yeah, sure. So on Instagram, King Pixel Digital Marketing or Sarah Jane Picton King. Um, the little behind the scenes kind of take of, <laughs> of agency life you can connect with me there um yeah or find me at kingpixeldigitalmarketing.com i love it and we'll link everything below <laughs> thank you so much for coming on oh fabulous i hope you are getting so much value from all of these agency owners I just reflecting on all these conversations has been so amazing. Just hearing the inside of how they got started and where they are today. So next up, I want to introduce you to Renee Dick. She is the owner of Fresh Life Marketing. They are a content marketing agency. They are absolutely wonderful. They are so good at their craft. And if you just check out their website, you're going to see for yourself how amazing they are. So I'm excited for you to learn from Renee and let's get into it. I want to hear all about you, Renee. Why don't we start there? Tell us about you, your agency that's starting and how you became an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I actually was a stay at home mom. Oh, <laughs> I, I think every great story starts as like mom story. So I did <laughs> hair, did spray tanning, became a stay at home mom and I actually hated it. It wasn't for me. I went from being a people person to being at home all day, every day realized I sucked at it. I started to get anxiety. I started to go the other way. And my husband's like, girl, you need something. Like, you need something for you. So I went to a women's business conference. And right then, the first day, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not weird. I'm not crazy. I don't job, like jump from job to job. This is just the way I am. And I was in a room with all these entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. This is why I'm weird. I just never went left when everybody was going right. And mm -hmm. so I started my blog within that weekend started blogging for a couple, probably about a year, and then started sharing my journey of like, how to do this, how to do that. Like I went from not even owning a computer, not even knowing how to send an email to being on blogs, using Instagram for business. And I was like, all right, guess we're here. It's off to the races. And I quickly realized this is a lot of freaking work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and being a one woman show was like exhausting. And I started to realize like how are these people gaining all of this traction how are these people building a brand online like doing it all by themselves and i started looking around started researching googling youtube and i figured out that if i can be on all of these platforms i can grow that known trust factor really freaking quick but how am i going to do it if i don't have any money like i didn't i wasn't asking for money by then i was just giving everything i had and i started repurposing my content I would take my Instagram lives, I would put them on Pinterest, I would embed them into my blog on YouTube, and I was using these free tools in a different way than people normally were using them. They would be like, what, now you're a YouTuber? I'm like, no, I'm not a YouTuber, I'm using YouTube as a tool. And mm -hmm. so long story short, I started doing Pinterest to get my blog out there, and people hired me to do their Pinterest. And I was like, cool, all right, I can make some money doing this. And every single person that would come to me, they wouldn't have like emails. They wouldn't even have an email list. They wouldn't have, they didn't have a blog. And they were just like, oh, I wanted you to grow my social media platforms. And I'm like, hold up, let me get this straight. <laughs> we're spiraling really quickly. I right? need to do all these things for you. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. So you're gonna pay me to grow your Pinterest page, to grow your Instagram page. What about you? Like, mm -hmm. where's your house? You, mean, you don't like your house? Like what's yeah. going on here? You don't own any of that. Mm -hmm. And so it started to click that all of these people had content they just were only putting it on one platform. 
That's right. That's when the agency was born and it was Pinterest wasn't the problem. That wasn't the hole in the market. It was content repurposing because as entrepreneurs, you guys know this and you guys provide a ton of value is you think that it can only go one place and then you repeat the same thing over and over again. Your pillars never really change. They evolve and they grow, but your pillar content is evergreen. Mm-hmm. So you spent years creating blogs and emails and webinars and courses and podcast episodes and it just dies. We come in and we repurpose all of your content that you've already created, but giving it a new fresh life because I'm coming at it from, I don't know your industry. I don't know what you've said. Everything you're saying is new to me. So I can see it from fresh eyes versus you who probably undervalues what you do. I mean, we right. all do, right? Yeah. So that's where it all started. Wow. That's amazing. I'm like such a geek when it comes to content marketing and like repurposing content. Like I'm always like drawing out all these webs and we could do it here and then we could put it on here. And then, so like the fact that you do that is so cool. And I think there's so many people who listen to our podcast who struggle with this. They say, oh, I really want to start a podcast, but I don't Mm -hmm. know how to edit it. I don't know how to post it. I don't know how to repurpose it. It's going to take too much time. And so that's where you step in and you say, no, no, just give me the content and I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Because everybody just thinks, oh, I've already said that. Oh, they're not going to see that it's valuable. That's easy. Everybody knows that. And I'm like, nobody knows that. You've only do it because you do it every single day. It's already in your rhythm. Me coming Mm -hmm. in as a new client or a new person seeing your content for the first time, like even when I started listening to your guys' podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this was so (laughs) simple. And those are the most like quick win tips that make me trust you. And then instantly I become a raving fan. I listen to all of it because you guys helped me. And that's how I help my clients build that know and trust factor because you're giving them those wins, those quick tips, those pulling back the curtain and not hiding anything. And it's all from your content that you've already created. So it's just amazing. Yeah. So tell us who is your ideal client? Who do you love to work with? So it's chapter like 25. I always like to say it like I have so many different chapter clients, but it's the people that have been doing this for a couple of years. They understand long game. It's the people that understand you got to give, 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 give before you ask anything in return. The people that understand that marketing isn't what you sell, it's how you help people. And so the people that have webinars and free resources and guides and content that they just love what they do so much that they give it all away, those are the people that I love. The people that we can't work with or serve is the people that are always in like launch periods, right? Like that they're Mm -hmm. never in like value content, they're always in sell content and I can't work with that because... I can't repurpose sales lingo. It's going to be your content pillars. It's evergreen that you just want to serve. Those are the people we'd love to work with. And it doesn't have to be like a full team or anything as well. It's usually a one woman entrepreneur or somebody with a OBM, a VA, something like that. Because the way we deliver it is anybody can do it. They just copy and paste done. It doesn't take any time off of their plate because they don't have to educate their team on how to do it. That's usually a big gap. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have to teach my team what to repurpose, how to repurpose it, and the scheduling and all of that stuff where we just take it off your plate completely. Your team and your assistant can do the things that move your business forward, and we will take the content off of your plate. And those are the people we like to work with. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you work with a new client, what are the detailed things that you're actually doing for them? So say you came into our business and you're like, okay, you have a podcast. Great. And I see that you write a blog for your podcast and you post it on all the social media. What are the specific things that you're doing? Like, for example. Well, usually we figure out because usually everybody falls into one category. They're either email heavy, blog heavy, video heavy, podcast heavy, Instagram heavy. We figure out where the first place you go to create content is because that's usually where the like the vibe content, that's like the good content you want to pull from, right? (laughs) If you're not really into emails, you're getting like the half email, like the meh. But when Mm -hmm. you love Instagram or you do a video, you light up and that's where the magic content is. So we usually figure out what category our client falls into. Then we immediately go to work on finding, okay, What exactly is your overall goal coming up? Like, do you have launches? Do you have something that you're going to be promoting? Are you changing your branding? Are you changing your business? What do we need to know? We figure that out and then we go to work creating content that will back up all of that with you. So it could be call to actions. It could be just reminding people who you are while you're building a new part of your business. And we get to work providing that like meaty content for you. And then we eliminate 
the kind of contact and we just go away for 60 days and we come back and we give you back all your stuff. We're like that's the team amazing. you don't have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> this is gold. That's amazing. So female led is your ideal clients, people who haven't been prioritizing content, need to jump in, need somebody to take it over for them. Well, obviously you have a team. So what does that look like and who does what and how are you structured and how have you built this agency? I started off with a girl that just, I needed like help with graphics because it takes me like 25,000 hours versus <laughs> one hour. And we evolved from there. And what was really cool is my establishing like core values, I think is number one, because you lead with that. Because as you know, going from one woman show to like actually having a team, it's a lot of responsibility and learning on you as a leader on communicating and expectations and understanding that they aren't you trying to read your mind saying this is what I need from you and I need you to take initiative I need you to actually do these things and being up front and saying can you fill that role and luckily she did I kind of let her tell me what she was really good at and what lit her up and she listed out her things and I let her take over and I don't micromanage I say okay this is what you do this is my role and we've worked so well together as far as like I don't overstep on her boundaries she doesn't overstep on mine and communication is like 100% key where she just takes all of the content that I've provided helps me with graphics and kind of finishes it. And then we work together as a team to pull all the magic apart because you're coming from two different perspectives, seeing your content where I could say, hey, what do you think of this one? What do you think of this one? So it's like these two best friends working on your content together from two different mindsets, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. That's key, right? Because if you just have one person doing it, it's like one perspective where you need multiple eyes on things, right? So that's, that's really cool. So what's next for you? launching your agency like where are you going what are your goals for 2022 what's next it's so crazy so now that i think i have traveled to women's events in the past couple of months i have been at an event every single weekend and i truly think they're coming back harder than ever and i think nothing compares to in-person connection it doesn't and i have met more clients and more friends and networks by being in person. And I think it's also growing the content side, the agency side, but also spending the time and building relationships with people because that's where the money is. Like you can show up on Instagram, you can, sh- you can do all that. That's all amazing. And it's mandatory these days. Cause like when you do meet somebody at a networking event, it's like, Hey, here's my Instagram handle. Like you don't give a phone number or anything. So I still believe like you truly need to have that omnipresence and that trust built But being in person and really meeting people and sharing that energy that you like have, Mm -hmm. it's irreplaceable. So I know like digitally growing my agency, but also in person growing my agency as well. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. So where can people find you, Renee? Tell us where you're living, your website, everything like that. Well, it should be launching next week. So that's so amazing. We had it professionally built this time because there was so many moving parts, as you know, with an agency and everything needs to be like dialed. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can find us at Fresh Life Marketing on Instagram and at my girlfriend Renee on Instagram and then freshlifemarketing.com. Love it. Thank you so much. Everybody go check out Renee and her team. They're amazing. And can't wait to have you on soon. And I'll be over on your podcast soon. Hopefully, Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, that's awesome. And our last agency from the Agency Spotlight series episode and number two, meet Kay and Mike from WTM Digital. So they focus on SEO and PPC marketing for their clients, and they have a very unique approach to their client management. So I'm excited for you to learn from them, lean into how they encourage their accounts team to really feel like partners for their clients. I think you're going to really love this final episode, so let's get into it. If you just want to kind of give us the rundown of your agency and how you got started and what you guys do, that would be fabulous. We are a digital marketing agency. We're located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, but we have team members across the U.S. We also have clients across the U.S. And we are providing mostly PPC and SEO services for clients, but we also do have a really strong presence in the technical SEO space. We also do website development and maintenance um, uh, updates and so forth in that space as well to meet our clients' needs. And we've been around for, gosh, over 10 years now. Our goal is is to be a partner to our clients. And everyone says that a lot. It's, it seems to be the, the term as of late. But I would tell you that we really encourage our account team as well as our production team 
to really know the business of our clients. That means the acronyms, the pain points, the competitors, all of those pieces come together. It simply isn't just doing the work. It's understanding their business and their industry. Otherwise, we really can't be a connection to their team in that process. Then we're just a cable service or something you pay monthly for. Instead, we really want to be engaged with our clients and the best relationships are where we are doing exactly that. And Mike, maybe you could give us the inside scoop to how you started. Yeah, the story goes the corner of my parents' basement. (laughs) I taught myself how to code and a little bit of design that certainly goes with it. And I quickly realized that I was not as good as I thought. So (laughs) I started working with uh, a network of freelancers, local, international. And when I was 16, that's when all that happened. I did it all through high school. I did it through college. And and college was a little bit of a windy trail for me. It took a very brief nine years. (laughs) As I figured out what direction I wanted to go, it was developer, designer, creative, and ultimately I settled on what I think my true passion is, which is entrepreneurship and business and teams and and process and all the fun things that go with it. So yeah, I've been in the space for quite a while. That's awesome. What a cool journey to start so young Mm -hmm. and then just grow up with your agency, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's really cool. So what types of clients are you working with? Like who's your ideal client? Yeah, I would say that that really is our focus is clients. We deem them uh, good eggs and we're really looking for those good eggs, even in throughout the sales process. Are they folks who want to learn more about their marketing? Are they excited to not have it behind a black curtain? Are they excited to be a part of it? Are they excited to have all of their paid accounts in their world? Not necessarily only in our world where, again, it's behind a black curtain. And the other piece is We want to know when we lob that ball over the net, as in tennis, that they're ready to lob it back over with insight, with updates, with a little way to the left, a little way to the right. Silent partners are not what we're looking for. We want them really active. And I would, interesting enough, we don't necessarily have a niche as far as industries, although healthcare is really strong for us. As is finance, we have e-com, we have bricks and mortar clients who are trying to drive in-store traffic. It's across the board, but I would say that that piece for us is that person who is tired of being absent and wants to really be engaged with their digital marketing and is looking for a smart team to partner up to do so. And that's you guys. (laughs) I love it. So can you fill me in on what your team looks like and how your agency structured? The the biggest change, honestly, in our structure was I was always the CEO and it felt like by default, because, um, because I grew up with the agency to replicate your term, I should be filling that role. And what I realized was we all have a gift or two or three and my gifts were, um, I think at times better suited in other areas of the business, special projects, finance, a little bit of distance between the day-to-day so that I can focus on the future. And I'm taking us on a little bit of a long journey just to describe the kind of the org chart and the team. But many moons ago, about six or more years ago, Kay and I met quite literally at a coffee shop and I knew absolutely there was something there. She had to be part of the team. So we created a position, director of strategic growth. And Kay's journey started in a cubicle, just like any other entry-level hire. And she learned the business inside and out. And the first focus was clients. It was our client service team. And how do we increase communication? And, you know, our tendency was to be a little bit shy. Like, should we ask the client how we're doing? Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. you should. And that's your chance to change it if something isn't right. So structure right now, I am co-founder and owner, still uh, incredibly involved in all of our leadership meetings, planning, strategic planning, all that fun stuff. But Kay is the CEO and she is running the day-to-day and then more beyond that. So reporting to Kay is Ellen Borza, our, our MRR, Monthly Recurring Revenue Manager, and she manages the SEO, PPC, account management team. 
And then aside from that, we have Ray Carboni, who is our technical website wizard. He is just incredible with troubleshooting, diagnosing. I mean, he's worked on some really incredible, robust launches that, you know, when things don't go quite right, he digs in, he rolls up his sleeves and it's a sure thing. He's going to figure out what it is. So um, really, really proud of, of both sides of the business. And I feel like really coming together the way that it should naturally. So Katie, you want to pick up any more uh, about the team and the structure? Yeah, we've got a, a triad on our sales side. Two of them are more production folks focused, almost more like product managers. And then we have a salesperson and they all uh, roll up to me. And then across the board, each area has a department and we have production team underneath there. Uh, client services team is, uh, and as you well know, with your cams, they're the quarterback. They take that ball coming out of the sales process and run right along beside the product team. So it's working well. Yeah. It's a really great partnership. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because Mike, I think being able to identify that this wasn't your gift to be the the CEO, as we say, is so cool because I think a lot of us as agency owners, we get into business because we're super passionate about something, right? Maybe it's account management, maybe it's building websites, maybe it's running Facebook ads, but it doesn't mean that you're really meant to be the person running the business. And I think that's such a cool thing that you were able to identify and then bring someone in who was better than you at running mm-hmm. it. And that's really cool. And I think a lot of agency owners don't do that because they feel like they're the only ones who can run the agency or should run the agency. Yeah. But obviously you're an example of why things work when you get people in the right seats. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. A bit of a journey. You know, I think as business owners and CEOs and whatever else, I've always felt the pressure that I should be everything. I should be the cheerleader in every corner of the business and then the person to help make tough decisions and then the person to be patient and coach. And I think it's okay that one person can't do it all. You know, and I've always felt that just by the nature of my awesome journey, I don't have the experience that Kay and other professionals have. My last uh, paycheck outside of talent was, I was 19. And it was a part-time job and I got fired and um, they just didn't seem to understand that that client meeting ran late in my car and I wasn't able to get into work on time. So yeah, I appreciate you noticing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And I value that so much. And I think we're all like, as an agency owner, me, like I'm also going through that as well of like, what is my seat in the company and where my strengths and where can I really actually feel like I'm doing the best that I can do? And then where are the roles that need to be filled outside of that? So I think that's a really cool story. And to kind of see you on the other side of it is, is really awesome for someone like me. So I love that. Thank you. So tell me what kind of processes do you guys have internally in your agency to make sure that all these clients are served? The team is running smoothly. What kind of things do you have in place? Uh, Asana is our best friend (laughs) and we use it in every aspect of the business from where our discovery questions live and those notes that come from those early conversations with clients or leads. And then it transfers all the way down because we want to make sure that the internal team as we meet to do a kickoff with a brand new client, that the internal team is seamless with the sales team. And then if things come up down the path that the AMs have the ability to look back into those notes and be like, Absolutely. I see that we had this conversation and, you know, it, because there's nothing worse than a client having to backtrack. They don't tolerate that and it isn't classy and it isn't smooth. Um, So Asana is used hugely in everything that we do, even related to our own team, you know, onboarding and offboarding team members is processed in Asana and it has our checklist and it has the ability for us to make notes and, and know where everyone is in the process. If someone's out, someone's ill, someone in this day and age has a crisis with a family member, we have the ability to step right into Asana and know where things stand. That is imperative imperative because you don't want the client to pay for a challenge on your side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that transparency piece, which is so key. Yes. 
I love that. And we have the tools. It's 2021. We can use these things. You can use Asana for free. You can use Slack for free. Of course, there's upgrades, but there's no excuse to not use these tools. And there's ways to use them that make your clients have a better experience and your team members have a better experience. Yes. Yes. Slack uh, is definitely our internal tool to, okay. to have conversations. We usually use email more for communication that includes the client. I mean, that is a way to control our inboxes too, and help us understand that if it's in our inbox, it's probably a client request or a client yep. need. And then I would say too, is we are a strong um, agency utilizing the entrepreneurial operating system or EOS, um, also known as Traction. And we utilize that and we have scoreboards for every department as well as leadership. So there's numbers that we're tracking all the time to make sure that we are meeting our expectations as an organization and that if something is off, we're catching it really quickly. I mean, that can be everything from our growth, but also our touches to clients, our success with our clients, our staffing, all of those are measured on a weekly basis. So both data and those tools that can give us as much visibility as possible are are definitely all in play right now. Nice. Very awesome. And very established and organized. And Mike, you picked a good one with Kay, I think. On a tight ship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So what's next for your agency? What are some of the things that you're working towards uh, moving into the new year? Everything. (laughs) Everything fun. We're working on a lot of really exciting projects right now. We're we're evaluating business models. And from time to time, we just talk about, are we doing this or that the right way? Does this serve our clients the best way it could? So we're having a lot of really fun conversations about the business model. We're always looking for growth opportunities, whether it's acquisition. We've spent a lot of time meeting other agency owners, getting to know some people. We got pretty far down the path with a couple um, really awesome agencies and it's a really complex process. So sometimes they don't work out towards the end and that's okay. Business development, like Kay said, our scorecard, we are tracking absolutely everything that we can so we can make good, good, good decisions based on data, not our intuition, our gut. Well, I saw this billboard last week, we should do that too. So that's typically what comes from me and then Kay reigns it into something useful. So yeah, business development, really excited about what we're achieving there. And every single day, all of our crafts change, whether it's technical SEO, whether it's Amazon marketing, whether it's PPC and Google and how a lot of things are going to smart bidding. That's something we've just adopted as it will change weekly, monthly, quarterly. So exciting stuff. 2022 yeah. is going to be a very fun year. Awesome. So where can we learn more about you and your agency and get connected to you further? All over the socials. So our website is webtalentmarketing.com at the moment, actually. And in the near future, probably for Q1, we're going to be making a switch to WTM Digital for no reason other than I felt it was time and we're always moving forward. So we're also on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on YouTube as well. So we would love to hear from anyone and everyone. We welcome good egg conversations all the time. Thank you both so much for jumping on. It was wonderful to get an inside look into your agency and how you've grown it over the years and bringing on an amazing CEO to help you do that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Taylor. I I really appreciate the invite. You've got an amazing company and Nova Scotia is the best. So I wish you all the best. (laughs) Thank you both. Cheers to happy clients.